get ready to take your branding to the next level. This is Million Dollar Branders. We know what it takes to build million dollar brands because we live it and breathe it. And now we're sharing our tips and success secrets with you. Here's your host, Justine Pogroski. Bobby, it is so wonderful to have you on the Million Dollar Branders podcast. You are just an amazing human, aren't you? Firstly. <laughs> well, thank you. It's very kind of you, but I'm happy to be here, Justine. Thank you. So for those of you who don't know, Bobby Uma is an inspirational speaker. He's a coach and one of the most prolific advocates of heart-based leadership in North America. He is associated with Inc. Magazine and named him, they actually named him one of the top 100 leadership speakers alongside noteworthy giants such as Richard Branson, Brene Brown, and John Maxwell. Like just Wow. Bobby is a five times TEDx speaker and one of the top social media influencers in the world with over half a million followers. He's been named the second best business coach to follow. I'm going to say the first because I'm biased on Twitter <laughs> and the fourth best leadership influencer, according to Cred. Bobby is an author of three international best selling books, including the number one bestseller. He is also a frequent on the Huffington Post contributor, and he is host of the weekly tweet chat called The Power of Connection that has reached over 65 million impressions weekly to date. His social media influence has garnered over 1 billion impressions. Bobby has also been named a 2015 speaker to watch, and most recently he was named a top seven networking guru to follow. Um, again, guys, five times TEDx speaker. I'm sure there've been more since this bio has been written, but best-selling author, leading expert on the social capital and power of connection, authentic networking, personal branding, social digital marketing, and heart-based leadership. He's a Huffington Post contributor, as I mentioned, founder of DYPB, the Discover Your Personal Brand Movement. And Bobby, I could be here all day talking about your accolades. You've just had the most incredible life. It's an honor to get to interview you today. So thank you for your time. And one of the things I noticed and that I absolutely love about you, you said everyone has a story, a purpose, and a legacy. And I know you're big on building thought leaders, but for our listeners and our community, I'd love to hear more about your humble beginnings, if you want to call it that, where you came from. Um, I've watched many of your amazing TEDx stages that you've been on, but um, please elaborate. Sure. So I think uh, the way I can start is I grew up on the East Coast of Canada. And uh, for the most part, I was one of those people that was trying to figure out what I want to do with my life and my career. I, but I never knew it. I just kept going from one thing to the next. So I started out as an engineer, worked in uh, mechanical engineering design. While I was there, I was kind of bored. So I started a musical theater company and I grew that company from two people to 150 people in about four years. And then I was like, you know what, maybe I should do something else. So then I went into brand marketing after my MBA. And even then I still wasn't feeling like this was a thing. So finally my fourth career, I did dabbled in teaching as well, but then I finally looked at all the different aspects of my brand. You know, Bobby loves people. He loves uh, persuasion influence. He loves to, in, uh, he loves to inform and entertain folks. He likes to, he likes diversity. And so diving my personal brand, I discovered that what I really wanted to do was become a motivational speaker. And that's kind of when I started going out there and speaking all around the world and you know to date it's been it's been great i've done a thousand keynotes and workshops across four continents 
And the TEDx talks, you know, came my way too. And that's also when I discovered the digital marketing aspect because Twitter was the first place where things kind of took off for me. I started getting like speakers from around the world. And then I started building LinkedIn. So half a million Twitter, 70,000 LinkedIn, then 35,000 Instagram. And I started using digital, uh, digital marketing as a tool to, you know, uh, get my name out there and, and get my message out there. And I would say that, you know, now, you know, now at this point in my life, um, I do a lot of work with helping people get clarity and the story and legacy with their personal brand. I think that's the most important thing. If you know your personal brand, it gives you focus, clarity, and direction to then work on that story, work on that purpose, work on that legacy. But now what I do is that's the first step. The second step is now how do we take that personal brand and ramp it up to what we call a thought leadership brand? Because that's when that's where the magic is. That's when right. you get the TED Talks, you get the book deals, you get the media appearances, you get all the digital income and the revenue and the people coming your way to ask you to do all these things. And so that's kind of where my focus is now. And everything I talk about that you mentioned in my in that very lovely introduction, whether it's <laughs> building relationships, personal branding, uh, digital presence and content creation, or even storytelling, all of those are part of a thought leadership brand. So that's kind of what I do now. And it's been a wonderful journey. Well, I can't explain enough. I just think you are one of the best humans to walk on that TEDx stage. I personally think they're lucky to have you. But as someone who has achieved such remarkable success and incredible accolades, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs and thought leaders who may face a bit of self-doubt or discouragement along their journey? Because we're going through some weird times at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And I think that first off, to know that it's human and it's normal. Every single one of us goes through that. I mean, I can tell you right now, like during the pandemic, uh, my entire speaker business collapsed uh, and I made no money for seven months. And it was like, whoa, what, what am I going to do? Like, it was crazy. Wow. And so, you know, that, that that's kind of when I got more into coaching and stuff because I wasn't really thinking of that. Speaking was my main thing. And so, you know, it's certainly, and I was actually more easygoing about it than my wife was who was freaking out because I was like, I'm a, I've been an entrepreneur for like 17 years. So I, yeah. I know the ups and downs of things. But what I would say is that mindset uh, challenges and self-doubt is a normal thing. But what I can also tell you that is that there's many ways to overcome that. Number one, uh, personal branding. Because if you dive in your personal brand and you get clarity on your target audience, what you bring to the world, what, what your why statement is, then everything you're doing is more purposeful and focused. So it gives you a little bit of a confidence boost. That's the first thing. The second thing is working with a coach to talk about all the things that are in your mindset because we all have them. I think that uh, is the second piece. And the third piece is having community. Uh, you know, I, I have two communities. One is the DYPB Discovery Personal Brand Community. The other one is the new one I started called Thought Leadership Branding Club Community. And this community is there for me to unload, to vent, to ask for support. And when you have that supportive community, then all and though all those different things will help you overcome any mindset stuff that happens no matter what level you're at wherever you're, wherever you're starting wherever you're starting right you know get a coach which i wish i'd done earlier have a have a community or two and make sure you've done a lot of work on your personal brand to get really get clear on your focus and your why and if you have that it's going to give you fuel every day for waking up and then and the last thing i want to say is uh, shit happens okay <laughs> life happens <laughs> and so it's okay to you know forgive yourself get a good night's sleep start the next day and that's okay i love it and i'm such a strong believer out of adversity is born advantage so thank you so much for sharing that with us 
And you've been on so many incredible stages around the world. And I know you're very big on personal branding, but it often involves storytelling. How can individuals effectively communicate their personal narrative in a way that captivates and resonates with their audience, either on stage or through the screen? Because you're basically representing yourself even through Zoom or online these days, right? As you were saying, as an influencer. Yeah, so I think that you know when you when you're clear in your personal brand and you know how people experience you, what they love about you, what what's memorable about you, that's that's the first step. But the other part is what we call your target audience. So you know I talked about my why statement, and so my why statement is there are lost, stuck, or unfulfilled leaders everywhere. What that means is everywhere I go, I meet people who feel lost in their career, stuck in their jobs, or unfulfilled in their relationships. And so when I know my target audience and what they're feeling, I think of those pain points. I think about the pain points that they're feeling and I think about the bliss points and where they want to go. And so when I create content or when I speak on stages, I'm talking about those emotions. And I share my own vulnerable stories of where I've been, where I've struggled, whether I've struggled and even personal stories, whether I struggled as an entrepreneur or I struggled as a parent or I struggled with diabetes. Like I share those stories to let you know that it's perfectly normal. But when you really focus on your target audience and you focus on the pain points, the emotions that they're going through, you feed those into your communications and your narrative and your stories. And that's what really, really uh, creates that deep personal connection. I love that. And thank you for bringing your amazing energy to this podcast once more. But <laughs> what about those people who are shy? Because I work with a lot of clients too who are actually shy. And it's almost the um, the thing that's almost holding them back from exploding yeah. on social media. So if you're shy and you're scared of, you know, doing that video content every single day, what advice would you give to those people? So shyness is a feeling. And again, shyness. Is, so what I would say is that let's not confuse shyness with introversion, two different things. Mm. Extroverts like myself can be feel shy. When do I feel shy? I'll give you two examples. Okay. So when I performed second city, which was improv comedy and I was in the sketch troupe, and the performers yeah. there were so amazing that I was getting intimidated. And I was start, I started to feel shy that maybe yeah. I can't perform as well as they can. Yes. The other time, I, the other time I felt shy was when I had to do a keynote speech for grade six, seven, and eight kids because man, that was intimidating. <laughs> like I'm not cool. Oh my god, how do I make myself cool in front of these kids? Right? Because they're very, you know they're going to be very judgmental. So I felt shy. So that's first off, understand shyness is a feeling that can be overcome. Number two. There are some amazing introverts and people who feel shy who have done amazing things. So get inspired by their stories. There are amazing introverts on stage who shine with the right lighting. And then number three, know what your superpowers are, right? So if you understand what you're really awesome at. So maybe video isn't your thing. And that's okay, you know, but it's still important to have video. But, you know, what it just means is your superpowers of introspection, your superpowers of planning, your superpowers of even perfectionism. You can plan carefully so that you can, when you do a video, you feel really good about it. You've done it multiple, you've done multiple takes of it, and now it's good. But you also might do really well doing your own podcast and organizing notes around that. There are many ways for you to shine. Content creation can be prepared in advance. You can do a lot of imagery, slider posts, carousel posts to, to share the story, to talk about who you are in a manner that fits with you and your strengths. So there are a lot of ways around that. It's important to understand what they are. Oh, so brilliant. And with the rise of remote work and virtual interactions, how can individuals create an impactful online presence and establish credibility without the benefit of face-to-face connections? I know we've touched on, you know, different forms of social media. What else can you suggest? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, uh, audio, uh, a lot of people don't really realize how good audio is, but, you know, social audio rooms like on Clubhouse or so Twitter Spaces or, or LinkedIn Audio. Yes. Yeah, it's such a, it's such a, it's a great, I, I found social audio to be an incredible trust builder and a deep connector. Yeah. Because even though, I, even though I'm a big video content guy, I think that someone could see 10 of my videos and that's fine and they get to know my personality. But when they go in the audio room with me and they come on stage and we have a frank conversation, the trust is far greater because it's casual, it's informal, it's democratized podcasting, and they feel part of the conversation versus when I do a live stream or video where it's me pushed out to many. And so for me, audio is a fantastic tool <laughs> to use. And I think everyone should be using it. I'm and so then, glad you, know, you said that. Yeah. Well, why, why is that? Um, I, I, we built out a massive community on Clubhouse during COVID. So I know it's that level of connection and interaction that really resonates. You feel like you've met, you've seen the, like you've connected with the person on a soul level yeah. years and years and years. So I'm glad. Yeah, no, I, no, I, no, I agree. And I think that, you know, when it, and, and when it comes to other types of content, I mean, I think it's good to have variety. You know, I think that one of the things that's really important, I, I'm a big 80, 20 guy, which is 80% of my content is on target for my target audience and what I want to do. The other 20% is experimental. I try different things, things I haven't tried before. Love maybe that. I'll do, maybe I'll do a carousel slider post. Maybe I'll do a, <laughs> I did my first selfie post. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big <laughs> selfie guy, <laughs> but I did a selfie post selfie on LinkedIn. <laughs> no, cause I, I just, I just want to do it. Okay. So, hey, you know, and it's like, okay. So I, so I did it cause I experimented. And I also, the 20% is where I get really vulnerable. I tell yes. really personal stories. I talk about, some of the challenges, you know, I talk about the time that my wife almost died of E. coli. I talk about the time that my kid, you know, got that I had a bloody nose and I was freaking out as a parent. Like I talk about those things because it's what really connects people on, on a deeper level. We know that Bernie Brown's TED Talk says that when you're vulnerable, you create a deeper connection. That's what the research research says. So I use that uh, as a way to do that. Absolutely. And speaking of vulnerability, building a personal brand or even speaking on stage, because you basically are a walking brand and billboard, as I would say, it requires authenticity and vulnerability. How do you navigate the fine line between showcasing your true self and maintaining a professional image? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think that it's important to set at the very, at the very beginning with a personal story. I always start every talk with a personal story because, and I make it related to whatever audience that I had. So for example, I was speaking to a group of engineer, engineering consultants. And so I told the story of me going to engineering school when I was young and, and when I failed my first class and, you know, and, and, and things like that. Yes. And you do that, you do that because I think people want to relate to you in, in, a, in a human way. And I think, and you can still be vulnerable and authentic. I mean, authenticity is just the desire to try. I mean, to me, authenticity is, I have a genuine desire to serve and to help and provide value. And I yeah. focus on that from a mindset perspective. In terms of vulnerability, I talk about the, the challenges, the failures, the obstacles, the resilience, and the feelings specifically that I, that I went through. And then you combine those two things with what I would say, polish. So if you've rehearsed, you've practiced, you've got great slides, you've you know, put together really good value for the audience, that comes across as professional, comes across as memorable, and the co combination of those things, I think, goes a long way when it comes to speaking or creating content. Wow. 
That is such valuable information. Guys, I hope you're writing this down and you better go stalk Bobby because he's dropping so much value. And mindset plays such a crucial role in achieving success, whether it be, you know, on stage or wherever it is, even building a brand, a business, you would know this as an entrepreneur and through your accolades. What mindset shifts or practices do you suggest for individuals or entrepreneurs looking to overcome self-limiting beliefs and unlock their full potential? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's lots of ways to navigate mindsets. I mean, certainly having a coach, having a community, I think is a great way to have that vehicle for yourself. Mm. One of the things that uh, I, I, one of the things that my own coach works with me on is getting it out of my head and putting on a piece of paper and then writing down, can I do anything about it or not? And then trying to let it go. Like if, if it's not that important, is it urgent? Can I do something about it? And if not, if I can't do either, then I need to just let it go and focus on other things. I think that works really well for me. I think for me, I'm a bit, I like to, I like to cap, capture things. So for me, I tell the story. I say, here's what's going on. Here's how it feels. And I ask people and I have conversations because the more I talk with the things that are bothering me or, you know, upsetting me or, or affecting my mindset, I think for me, that allows me to process them a little bit better. And it's a, it's an opportunity to heal. And I think that for me, that works uh, incredibly well, incredibly well. Yeah. And I mean, do you remember your first time on a TEDx stage? Can you walk us through that? And then also, what are some tips for people who are at that pivotal point where they might be thinking of getting on a stage, but, you know, they they kind of thinking about it going, I'm too nervous. I don't know if I can do it. So uh, I'll tell the story of my TEDx talk. The first one I did, uh, I was very nervous because I knew the, I, I, I learned about the brand of TEDx and how powerful it was. I knew it was going to be videotaped. So I knew that was going to be a great marketing tool for me. And I can tell you the story is that I, I was so nervous that number one, I rehearsed my speech 30 times, which I normally don't do. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an improviser. So once I have the structure, I maybe rehearse once or twice or none at all. I rehearsed that thing 30 times. And every single time, I think I screwed up something. And then I was pacing back and forth behind the stage. And I, I was just, and then I saw this teddy bear. And I said, oh, I said, can, can I borrow that? And they sure. So I grabbed the teddy bear and I was just hugging it because I was so nervous. <laughs> and, when they, and when they called me on to, to start my speech, I, br I brought the teddy bear with me and I hugged it and I put it on the table. Now, people think that I planned that, but I just had the teddy bear with me. I had never planned that. And so when they see the video of my first TED Talk, I'm hugging this teddy bear and I put it down and I started speaking. So I was very, very nervous. And, uh, but it's okay. And, and there's even a, a point in my TED talk where there's a giant clock in front of you. And I could see that I was over time. And all of a sudden I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, I have six minutes left. And I was like, oh no. And, and, I, and then when I watched the video, you don't see anything. I was freaking out inside. It's all in my head. I was completely freaking out. But on stage, you saw nothing. Now, you know, when it comes to handling nerves, I mean, what I would say is that number one, don't try to be a speaker, be a teacher. That's a mindset shift, that's right? What, 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 do, what do you want to teach today? What does it you want to teach? I think that's an important piece. I think you need to rehearse and practice as much as you can to make sure you feel comfortable and know that nerves are, nerves never go away. Ner nerves mean that you care, right? So if you have butterflies in your stomach, it means you care. It means you want to do a good job. And the last thing I'll say is that any, every single one of you can, has a story. Every single one of you can get on stage and share something, just prepare uh, and have confidence because there's there's young people who people who are teenagers who do TED talks. Yes. And so, you know, you have to learn to believe in yourself and come up with topics and ideas that you know you can speak to 
but the world or the or the or conferences will value so that you can actually pitch yourself and get on these stages and just just start. Absolutely. And I'm gonna throw a little bit of a spanner in the works. How do you believe in yourself? Uh it's a I mean, there's lots of ways. I mean, the, the most powerful way to be honest is personal branding because in the personal brand process that I advocate for, I do a feedback mechanism. So I basically get my clients to do a survey of, you know, their 20 people in their network and ask them questions. And when they all tell you stuff and they all say the same thing, it's extremely validating, it's extremely empowering. I'll give you an example, one that I struggled with in the beginning, which was uh, a lot of people have said to me uh, on stage, Bobby, you're so funny. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, but I'm not, I'm not a comedian. But they say you're really, but now, but now that I had a hundred people say you're funny, I, I, I can acknowledge, yeah, you know what? Yes, when I deliver a keynote, I also bring humor. I bring, I bring funny. Yeah. And so that validation from people has been very, very helpful for me to use it in everything I do. So for me, getting feedback all the time, getting service, the personal brand process allows you to validate everything about who you are so that you can actually stand up for yourself and, and showcase who you are. Oh, so good. So many gold nuggets in this little podcast. But with personal branding, we I think it's not limited to individuals. It can also be applied to businesses. A lot of businesses are catching on. How can companies effectively incorporate personal branding strategies to enhance their brand identity and connect with their target audience on a deeper level? Well, I mean, I think it's it's the same philosophy as what I said before around, uh, you know, uh, targeting, right? So if you have a company and you want to, uh, you, you understand your target audience, who is your target audience? Where are they? And what are they feeling? What are their pain points? And create a strategy around content, around engagement, around relationship building uh, and, and customer acquisition and customer, you know, service that uh, deals with those the target audience's needs and their pain points. So if you are a brand, let's say you're selling, you know, uh, motorcycles, Again, you want to play on the emotion of, you know, why motorcycles are amazing. What's the pain point? What's the bliss point? I mean, motorcycles are more of a bliss point product. But yeah, you talk about the bliss, the wind in your hair and the, the freedom, the, the control, the autonomy, the life, you, you know, the road not taken. You can do all that kind of stuff. So I think the targeting is really, really important. And then consistency with a clear brand, putting that stuff out there on a consistent basis, I think will go a long way for companies and brands. And I think people don't, again, most people don't take the time to really be get clear on their brand. And their target, who's their customer avatar, like that type of work is so important. And I'm always advocating for everyone I work with in my community, guys. What's your customer avatar? Who's your target? What's your plan? Uh, show it to me so I can give you feedback because you know it's so important to really hone that. And it's a it's a constant evolution and journey for any business or brand. Absolutely, and I'm such a strong believer. It's the foundation. It's like you don't build a house on quicksand; you build right. it with a very strong base, and that's essential. I totally agree with that. And as technology and social media continue to evolve, how can thought leaders, and I know you're big on this, and entrepreneurs leverage these tools effectively to build their personal brands and grow their business while still maintaining that level or, of authenticity and tapping into their zone of genius or greatness? Hmm. I mean, well, it's important for us to stay on top of technology because I think that as technology gets further and further away from the common person, there's going to be fewer who are on top of it. There's going to be like 20% who are on top of all the latest technology like AI, chat GPT, and all these other things. And, and most people will be far behind. So it's important to stay on top of those things. But I think the other thing that's really important is 
if you want to maintain, uh, if you want to leverage technology but maintain the authenticity, I think there's got to, there's some power in disconnection. So I think that there's, uh, you know, there's there's moments where you have to disconnect, uh, you know, go on a camping trip, turn off your phones, yes. uh, just, you know, take a notepad and write notes, read a book, and just really try to, because that's where the creativity that and all that kind of stuff flows. So I think there's a balance you have to have. I think that a lot of people, and especially the younger generation, you know, they're addicted to their phones. I mean, they love their phones, as do I. But it can be also, it can stifle the creativity and innovation that we have. And so if we can just take a moment to think and to process and to experience and feel and just be, I think that balanced with learning about technology. And of course, you can't learn about every single technology. You have to learn about the base of some things. Like I, I have the base of AI, not the base of NFTs, but I'm not like a super expert on it. But I know enough that I feel like I'm not being left behind. And then there's other things where you may be really good at it. Yeah, learn the tech and get really good at those things. So Bobby, one question. Um, can you share with us maybe your three to five top tips on really excelling in branding on stage, some things that you may be implementing through your own business or work to help your clients achieve greatness in 2023 and beyond? Hmm. Okay. Well, there's lots there, but I mean, I think uh, let's start with a couple of tips. I mean, when it comes to uh, building a strong brand for yourself, you need to get out there, put yourself out there and talk to people, go to networking events, offer to be on panels, offer to speak at open mics, but get, build your voice and get out there by talking to people. I think that you can host an audio room too, but whatever you're doing, get out there and start talking to people. Uh, number two, get feedback from lots of people. So always inquire about what do you like about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? Do you like my website? Do you, you, know, you can do polls on Twitter. You can do polls on LinkedIn. Getting feedback and crowdsourcing your audience, I think, goes a long way to, to really uh, amplifying what you're trying to do. And number three, do the work. Do the deep dive work. Most people are always, you know, personal branding, there's always the discover your personal brand phase, then the design your personal brand phase, then the deploy your personal brand. And most people are stuck in design. They're always designing and planning and strategizing and marketing materials and tactics and strategies. But do the discover, dive in, discover. It takes work. I mean, but, you know, it's, it's 20, 40 hours of work. But when you do that, everything you do, when, once you've done that deep dive work, then when you design things, it's going to be far more aligned, far more impactful. And I think that goes a long way. And then the last thing I'll say is that Work on the five key elements of thought leadership. Personal branding is one of them, but the other ones are mindset and confidence. The other ones, digital content, and digital presence, communication, speaking, storytelling, and then building meaningful relationships. If you work on all five of those elements, and the more you get better at those things, the more your thought leadership will grow. And for me, that's that's why I run my thought leadership brand club community because I'm trying to help people in all those five elements. That's it. and and when you do that. That's when everything happens. That's when you get the TED Talks, the book deals, the people who reach out to you for business. And so that's why it's so important to work on those five things. Absolutely. And you specialize in so many like areas that I think you've mastered. But building a personal brand, you said before, it, it takes time, takes consistent effort. I think people, some people hop online, they think we're going to make two videos and then that's going to be it yeah. and we're going to become famous when we press go. So it does take consistent time and effort, but how do you yourself stay motivated and maintain momentum during the inevitable ups and downs of this wonderful entrepreneurial journey that we're on? <laughs> well, I think number one, having a clear why statement, uh, knowing yes. who I am and what I do and who I serve. 
is a catalyst in lightning rod privacy. So it, it fuels me, it lights a fire under me, and it shows me the direction where I want to go. So for me, that's the first thing. Number two, having a community uh, that I can connect with on a daily basis, whether it's my LinkedIn community or my Thought Leisure Brand Club community, these communities are there to, to support me as I go along. Having a coach, uh, it, again, provides focus, clarity, and accountability. I think that's incredibly important. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, a lot of, uh, you know, heart values, empathy, compassion, yeah. kindness, love, finding that in every daily activity, whether I'm walking, running, enjoying the sun, my kids who are coming home soon, all these different things are all part of what you can do to, uh, you know, uh, have that, have that focus and really have that joy of everything you're doing. I love that. And and also one of the things you said, which was interesting now, you, you spoke about where you want to go, know where you want to go. How how does one define where they want to go if they don't really know? Well, I mean, it's, it's a whole concept of vision, right? I mean, when you, you, know, you start, you always start where you are. I mean, that's what personal brain is to know where we are and then figure out and figure out where we're trying to go. So you want to go uh, and, and so it, what, what a lot of people do is they'll vision for their business. They'll vision for, let's say I want to try to lose weight or trying to get fit. I'm visioning, okay, what am I going to look like? I mean, Michael Jordan was famous for visioning every single championship shot. So uh, have, having a vision and a mission is critical to, along with the why statement, to give you that purpose. And so for me, it just, it, you have to think about kind of where you want to go, think about how it feels how would it feel to reach there? I mean, what, whether whether it's a six or 12 month goal or whether it's a five or 10 year goal, you think about where you want to go, how that feels, and then decide, okay, what's going to take to get there. And I'll share, I'll share a little, a little tip with you, which is uh, there's a, a, a common m- misconception where people figure out what they want to do. I want to be an accountant. Then they learn how to be an accountant. And then they go out there and they live as an accountant. They live a life uh, being an accountant based, and the life is based on what they earn and what they're able to do. That's actually the wrong way to go. What you should do is figure out the life you want to live and then figure out what you need to learn to live that life and then go do it. And that's the process you should actually take to live the life of your dreams. That is absolutely brilliant. And for my last question to you, what is a million dollar brand to you? Million dollar brand. Gosh. Um, I mean, a million dollar brand in my mind is not something that's defined by dollars. I think it's defined by hearts. So mm-hmm. if you have are you if you're someone that has actually impacted a million hearts with the work you do wow. and create that impact for people, to me, that's a million dollar brand. Uh, that that is sense. probably one of the best answers I've had on this podcast. So <laughs> thank you so much. And just quickly, let's talk a little bit about your legacy. What's to come? What are you doing this year? How can people stalk you, connect with you, follow you, and also sure. community? I'll put the links. Yes. There, but yeah. So I mean, I'm always gonna, I'm always going to speak. I'm always going to be doing coaching, and I'm always going to be out there uh, doing keynotes and things like that. But uh, but for the most part, sorry. The, <laughs> uh, but uh, one of the big things I'm working on now is community. So I'm building a, a membership community called Thought Leisure Brand Club, where I basically have uh, weekly calls and I make myself accessible and I'm teaching and training all these people to get to that next level by being accountable, by being part of a community, by going through the different aspects of thought leadership that I said. And the five key success factors are uh, 
coaching, community, consistency, clarity, and confidence. If we do those five things, you can achieve anything. So I'm focused on, so for me, the legacy is going to be that community. I mean, I'm growing it and, you know, whether I have a hundred or a thousand or even 10,000, my goal is to impact as many people as I can. And for me, um, my hope is that that, uh, that community plus every single story that I've shared yes. in the world is going to be, is going to be the legacy that I leave. Well, I'm sorry, I'm going to add, I'm going to add one more thing. <laughs> the up. other, the, the other greatest legacy story purpose of my life are my children. There's two of them. Uh, there's one right there, and there's another one that's coming <laughs> soon. And anything that I can do, because they're going to live on beyond me. And yeah. so, what they do beyond what I do as a dad, as a parent, um, I, to me, it's the greatest story of my life. Oh my gosh. Well, I just want to honor you and thank you so much for making the time to inspire so many people. I know that you are touching lives every day, millions and millions and millions and billions of hearts around the world, but it's been such an honor to interview you. You're such an inspiration and I have no doubt that you will continue to shine and build your amazing legacy and your accolades and then your kids are going to take over. I'm sure, 100% sure of that if they're a product of you. So um, I look forward to seeing more of what's to come. And guys, you got to go stalk Bobby Uma. You have to go look at his TEDx talks, join his community. And Bobby, I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thanks, Justine. Uh, A real pleasure.